So hey folks, I'm joined today with Nimrod77 from Legacy Fleet. He has his own YouTube channel. We, uh, we had some similar interests, so we figured we'd get together and do a quick segment here. Hi everyone, uh, so I'm Nimrod and uh, like Andrew was saying, I'm part of Legacy Fleet. Uh, we're an organization that works together as a uh, private military company, so we're like mercenaries for hire. Um, my YouTube channel is focused mostly on technical side of things and how things work in the game with our ships. Uh, and that's the sort of content I like to create. So today we're going to talk about networking. And although we're neither of us are networking experts, we do have some ideas about what we'd like to see. And, you know, obviously in being different locations, I'm on the East Coast of the United States. Nimrod here is in Australia. That's right. Yeah. And that's a big part of something that I want to see uh, in the future is hopefully our pings become uh, closer together so that we can all play as a whole. The entire community can play together in the one game. And as I said, I'm spoiled. I, I feel so bad. I, I get like 30 pings and you're probably looking at 300 and I do apologize for that on behalf of the community. <laughs> I accept your apology. <laughs> the, the thought of a Bengal flying around with hundreds of people in, in it in the middle of a fleet battle and missiles and torpedoes clashing against the hull and, you know, engineers scurrying up and down engineering uh, ramps while this thing's moving. I mean, the, the just the collision algorithms alone have to, and the collision stuff, it's just unfathomable, right? I mean, this is, this is crazy. Absolutely. And that's the biggest thing I think that they're going to have a challenge with is having the number of players that they're talking about. So there was one mention of 100 people in an instance, and then there's been other mentions of more. You know, who knows? We don't really know how many there's going to be in an instance. Not that they're going to have instances anymore. That's the big thing. And, and like I was saying before, Dual Universe has talked about doing something similar to this where they have their single shard universe where everyone's playing in the same game. There's no instances as you would imagine them you know, previously. It's everyone plays... And, but you can only see the people around you when you're near them. Now, I don't really know whether that's how they're going to work it in Star Citizen, but I suspect it's pretty similar. Um, so it's going to be very interesting to see, once they start implementing these things, actually how well it performs. Like you said, collisions. There could be hundreds of fighters flying around these capital ships, plus that you said the people running around inside, repairs, you know, landing, taking off. Oh, it's just the mind boggles. Yeah, and from previous game experience, uh, playing other games, so EVE Online would be an example of that. And so I've been um, on the side of an 800-person fleet fighting another 1,000-person fleet. And in the beginning in EVE Online, the lag was just absolutely horrendous. And they tried something called time dilation, uh, which essentially slowed everything down. So 2,000 people could be in the same instance. And even in that uh, engine, which is a heck of a lot less detailed and much lighter than what uh, Star Citizen has, uh, it was creating network problems like we would not believe. It was just, you know, and it took it took them about 10 years to get that settled and to, to get to an environment where they had a server farm that was big enough, it had enough flexibility, uh, there was enough uh, sort of precautionary measure to, to ramp up the power in those certain systems where there were 2,000 people uh, to actually handle the battle. Uh, but I remember just sitting there uh, at one point, we were trying to to jump in some dreadnoughts to shoot at some other carriers, and there were so many people on the field, and we were literally pressing the button to fire our cannons, and we'd wait five minutes, and we'd see it fire, <laughs> which was just <laughs> absolutely immersion-breaking, and just, why am I playing this game? This is ridiculous. And I, I so hope that 
you know, uh, the Christian team look at those instances where things like this have been tried and they've failed and, you know, what can we learn from that? Yeah, absolutely. And that's the one advantage, not one, that's a big advantage that Star Citizen has is that they can look at all these things that have happened in the past with other games and what they have now, right. how they worked, how they didn't work, look at that and try to do something different or maybe take some of the, you know, stand on their shoulders and, and use what they've done and go, well, we're going to use that as a basis and then work upwards from that and try and make that better. Like time dilation, like I said, I don't think that's the answer, but I certainly hope not anyway. Um, but I don't know how they're going to do it, but, you know, I'm really looking forward to that. That's something I'm really excited to see, you know, not so much, well, the kind of Star Wars, you know, battles where you see capital ships flying between each other and all the fighters zipping around in between. That's that's what I want to see. That'd be fantastic. And I'm looking forward to that. Absolutely. And remember in EVE Online, all of those ships were just single objects without characters and hallways. Yep. And in imagining sort of the exponential difficulty of rendering all that stuff and all of the different calculations that have to be made, it would have completely trashed, <laughs> you know, EVE Online servers. Uh, they were just having trouble keeping up with single objects as ships, let alone having things like we're talking about in Star Citizen with people running around decks and, you know, ships launching from other ships. I mean, it's just, it, it boggles the mind. Absolutely. And that, like you say, the, the fidelity, you know, to use that word, is so much higher in this game than, than nearly any other game you'll see. I mean, the kind of graphics we're seeing are the same sort of level as what DICE puts into something like Battlefield 1, where the, the fidelity is amazing. But we're not talking about a map that's 30 kilometres. We're talking about maps that are just, you know, enormous, like bigger than, I don't even know what the, the size are talking about, but universe-sized maps, you know. Well, maybe not universe, but, you know, yeah, system-sized maps where you can fly from a, a planet, be in a homestead, fly off, get in your ship, fly off and fly off into another planet again and possibly engage in combat in between. Plus, you've got people on their ships and on, on capital ships. And it's just, wow, you know. Yeah, it's going to be pretty incredible if it all comes together the way we hope it does. Yeah, that's true too. I didn't think about it that way um, in terms of the size of the maps themselves, the solar systems. You know, we're talking millions of AU uh, astronomical units. Uh, across with these things and it's just <laughs> you know and that's why a lot of people when they ask me what star citizen is and they say oh you're crazy you've backed it for four or five years you know what are you doing you know you've yeah. put all that this money to it. you want to support the game it's it's not just the game itself it's it's the raw technical achievement of what these folks are trying to do and that's something i find incredibly impressive uh you know coming from uh, it's sort of a technical background, uh, app building, website building, uh, you know, project management type thing. Just, just the scale of that is is incredible. Absolutely, you know, the the scale is pretty mind boggling, and I don't think we're actually going to appreciate the size of this game, this this universe, until we start seeing it. You know, being able to, like I said, fly from planet to planet. And then eventually jump from that system off to another system. And then the mind boggles of how long it's going to take to fly even between planets, let alone from jump point to jump point to jump point between systems. You could spend weeks, have only seen a few systems. You know, this, wow. You know, I'm looking forward to it. And, and the amount of information they're going to have to move around as you move from system to system and planet to planet, it's going to be pretty incredible. So that's going to be a big key for them is getting that size of the information being sent down to the point where 
it's the bare minimum to keep everyone in sync and to keep everyone um, playing happily, not not have that time dilation or or whatever it might end up looking like. Yeah, essentially streamline your packets and data send to the point where it is at a bare minimum. And what is the threshold of that bare minimum? So as you said before, a solution may be to create things on the fly as you approach them so they're not uh, necessarily rendered or built and modeled the way they would be if you were standing right in front of them, if you were you know, a thousand kilometers out or whatever it is. So it's just going to be interesting too to see how all of that matches with uh with location and and you know time zones and and where everybody is because you know obviously um having servers we we were talking about this a bit earlier having servers that are now available to well going to be available to the oceanic folks who have been dealing with incredibly high pings how is that all going to work when you know there's already so much taxing information flowing through this engine not only do you have to deal with that, but also the physical location of these boxes. It's it's pretty crazy. That's a big thing. That's a maybe not a concern, but something that I certainly think about and wonder about. Um, yeah, you know, my org, much like your org, like Old Blood and Guts um, Legacy, we have a lot of people from all over the world, from Europe, from Australia, from the US, from Canada, to you know everywhere, the UK, and it's a big. Like I said, not a concern, but something I think about a lot is how is this going to deal with that? Obviously, you're going to have latency. It's just impossible not to have some kind of latency between the servers. Even if your local server is, my, my ping might be, say, once they have it set up here, which should be a 262 in Sydney, which will mean my ping should be around 30, which is fantastic. But then it's got a, that server still has to talk to the main server, the universe server, which is more than likely going to be in the US. So that would add, you know, say a 250 ping round trip. So how is that going to work when you've got people talking to their local servers and then all those servers talking to the main server and then back and forth? How are they going to deal with that latency, which is pretty much unavoidable? It's just the laws of physics is fighting you there. You, you can't do anything about it. Right. Right. It's a good question. You know, I, I don't have the answers to that. I don't know. Yeah, absolutely. that's that's a thing. And, you know, I don't I don't want to see the game become segmented off into locales uh, i really hope it doesn't go down that way i mean that's the way to make it better for the people in that area because your ping automatically becomes lower um, as you cache or however they do it run the system where it's all local but i really hope it doesn't end up being that only people in oceania can play with people in oceania and people who play in the us can only play in the us yeah i think that would definitely be immersion breaking because clearly just like even other games, there's going to be rivalries that have something to do with with locations. I mean, you, you look at a game, uh, you know, like Eva had mentioned, where you have sort of um, Eastern Europe versus Western Europe, and that's a regular thing. Yeah, absolutely. It's something that's, I, I don't want to see it too segmented. I really hope they do get it to the point where we can all play together. The whole world can play together. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. I mean, even talking about these points, it almost seems like it's not possible, <laughs> right? I mean... Yeah, well, I hope it's not. Or rather, I hope it is possible. I really hope it is. I don't want to see that too segmented. So who knows? Maybe they can come up with some creative ways to handle some of these factors. I certainly think they have a plan. I mean, the way that they've been speaking in the past, they certainly indicate that they do have a plan to fix it, or to make it possible at least. Mm-hmm. So it's, uh, it's a certainly going to be a big improvement, I think, overall to have servers locally 
at least for things like Arena Commander and Star uh, Star Marine, rather, that's going to make a big difference. I think, too, one of the keys with this game is what is the limit on those kinds of capital ships? Are you going to see, you know, recently, um, because of the switch to Lumberyard, there was some speculation that, okay, well, much larger groups are going to be able to be within the same proximity now. To see, you know, 10 or 12 capital ships on the field from two sides, you know, duking it out with fighters launching and things like that. I mean, that's that's kind of the, as you were saying earlier, the ultimate Star Wars experience where you're in that huge battle where things are, are a little bit chaotic, but they're structured. And it's it's just a to take a step back and look at that holistically is, is a pretty awesome thing. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's going to be pretty amazing if it gets pulled off, I think. I think they will sort something out so that it is at least possible. So even if we have a relatively high ping between the servers, I think they'll have a way of dealing with that lag, with lag compensation or however they're going to do it so that we can all play together. I, I certainly think that's their goal. I don't think they want to, to have individual location servers or whatever you like to call it. Yeah. It does seem overwhelming, and I can understand how people from the outside looking in would point their finger at this project and say, oh, it's not possible. You know, I can understand how they would feel that way, you know, but at the same time, it's people who point and say it's not possible. So often, uh, those kinds of of mentalities are just proven wrong, you know, and and if you run to something and say, okay, I can't do this, then of course, it's never going to get done, right? And that's the thing is I think that there has to be a, a first. Someone has to do this first. There's always like flight was impossible, right? Back in the 1700s, 1800s, it was always impossible. People couldn't fly. It was impossible. But someone did it. Someone invented it. Someone was first and then it was improved and improved. The only thing I can think is that their networking in general between in games and, and all that sort of thing has only gotten better as time's gone on. There's always got to be someone who does this first. If Star Citizen's the one to do it first, fantastic. I'm glad I backed. And I certainly hope they do pull it off. I hope it goes the way we all hope it does. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the the first flight thing is a wonderful example because not only was it, you know, sort of mocked, but laughed at, you know, oh, that can't be done. Human beings will never take to the air, (laughs) right? Yeah. And it kind of reminds you of some of the things that maybe we've seen in press releases and and sort of uh, op-eds uh, about Star Citizen in general and how it's such a such a lofty goal, you know. But um, again, those kinds of things are, those barriers are meant to be broken. And uh, who knows, you know, to set a trend here could be a very big deal. Absolutely. And, you know, like, like you said, and I've just said, you know, someone's got to be first. They've got extremely, you know, talented people working at CIG all over the globe from Europe to, to the US. And, you know, those people are all working to the same goal you know you have people working in the us who are who are just dedicated just to networking just to getting this working the way we hope it'll work and from everything they've indicated it's only going to be positive that that they can do it and you know they're implementing new networking procedures technology whatever you like to call in 261 that's the first step so it can only get better that's that's what i hope happens and like we say as we get that the package down to the point where it's just the difference it's just i think chris called it delta packages so you're only getting the delta you're only getting the difference between what it was versus what it is now and hopefully that'll be small enough that it reduces the latency down to the point where it becomes really playable for everybody across the globe so we can all play together yeah yeah definitely it makes you wonder too if if they're able to nail this and hit a bullseye and get to a point where there are these massive fleet battles with so much stuff going on 
Uh, I kind of wonder if Chris wouldn't take that, package that, and sell that as uh, an Android product all in itself, you know? I've wondered that too. I mean, I think a big part of the switch to, to Lumberyard, other than Crytek being in trouble, was that their networking technology is designed to work in the cloud using CryEngine. So it was a bit of a no-brainer for them. They've said all along they wanted to have the servers run in the cloud. Um, but if he can improve, or he, they can improve the networking to a point where they can sell it, why not? I mean, Star Engine, Lumberyard, but the amount of changes they've made to vanilla CryEngine to, to get what they want with the procedural planets and you know, enormous map sizes and, and you know, local physics grids and all that sort of thing, they're, they're breaking a lot of boundaries now. So a lot of people said that local physics grid couldn't be done. They, they, they did it. You know, it is obviously possible. So who's to say they can't do it? I, I believe they can. I'm going to err on the side of the glass is half full and say they can do it. And I, I think eventually we'll get there, even if it takes longer than we all hope. So you have to wonder too, with, with all of the changes that have been made um, from sort of the baseline Crytek engine and from the sub, uh, Cry engine, I should say, um, to where they are now in Star Citizen, this really is a new animal. I mean, you could probably, and I wonder if if Chris and team have the rights to even to repackage that. I don't know. It, maybe that's changed so much it looks nothing like what they started with, right? Yeah, possible. I mean, they did mention at one stage that even if Crytank went bust, it wasn't going to end anything when it comes to Star Citizen because they outright bought the engine. So they own the code. They can do whatever they like with it. And, and that was you know, something they, they emphasized a few times. The switch to Lumberyard, I don't know whether that makes a difference, whether that's just the networking side of it or, or, or what. But if they do own it, I don't know. Maybe they can resell it. And if they did, what does that mean for the game? I mean, that's, that's potentially more money that they can put into Episode 2 of Squadron 42 or, or expanding the universe further. I don't know. I mean... They've got a lot of things they can do. And, and from a business sense, it would make sense that if they do get that that silver bullet, that, that magic code that allows them to do all the things that we hope they can do and they already are doing, why not? Why not resell it? Yeah. I mean, I know Sean Tracy talks about it all the time. He wants to do a, a Battletech game using this engine. And I think I could see the potential of that. Maybe not an entire universe, but certainly a system. Oh, yeah. And um, I would definitely jump and support that from yeah. the second that it was announced. Uh, yeah. And I, I honestly, not to change the subject or anything, but I'd love to see mechs in general in Star Citizen. I think that would be awesome. Yeah, well, it has been discussion of, um, what do they call them? Titan? I want to say Titan, but I don't think it's Titan. Titan suits or? Because yeah, uh, here we've even done some sort of mock practice uh we know we have rovers so doing like mechanized armor division movement and stuff like that having mechs uh on planetary surfaces that would be pretty cool yeah they have mentioned titan armor which is meant to be uh like mechanized or you know mechanized suits you know think like the power loader from aliens type of thing i'm, I'm thinking in my mind when they say that so I don't think it's going to be mechs like the size you would see in Battletech or, or in, in Mech Warrior, but I certainly think it'll be that, like what Sean Tracy was mentioning, I think it was on the Happy Hour last week, he was mentioning something about um, the, the in-between, there's a gap between infantry and ships. There's, you know, infantry now, you run outside and you get shot by a laser from a ship, you're pretty much your mints, you know. 
whereas that they need that in between thing, whether it be armor of some description or, or a tank or or whatever that can take on a ship but be on the ground and, and support the, the troops on the ground. And that's something I'd love to see something like that. That'd be cool. I wonder if there's going to be like surface bombardment. <laughs> I I think there will be to a point. To a point. I don't think it'll be like you know nuke them from orbit sort of thing, but I certainly think there will be some sort of bombardment. So yeah, thanks very much for having me, Andrew. It's been uh, really interesting and really really fun to have a, a chat about these sort of things and the uh, the the problems that we all face being so spread out across the globe. Hey, it's early. It'll get better, right? That's what we all hope. <laughs> <laughs> Cross our fingers. All right, cheers. Thanks, folks. Take care. Thank you. Bye.